This is the More Than Fitness Podcast with Matt McLeod. Cool. Yeah, I just want to say thank you for for taking the time to to come on here and um, uh, join me on my show. And I, I wanted to, uh, you know, get more RDs on here. I think it's cool. We have uh, a unique perspective, especially in a field like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as I was thinking about people to reach out to, um, even before the podcast uh, even started, I was like, yeah, I've definitely got to get Lacey on here. So yeah, thank you for, for coming on. Of course. I'm honored to be on. I love hopping on podcasts, sharing my message, educating others. So thank you for having me and inviting me. Yeah. Yeah. No, my pleasure. My pleasure. Um, okay. Well, we'll, we'll kick this off. Like normally I just, I, I ask people, uh, you know, if whenever you're first meeting somebody for people who don't know you, uh, how do you introduce yourself? Of course, I say, hi, my name is Lacey. Um, and then I try and get to know them. And then, of course, I always have to tell them I'm a dietitian because I worked hard for that credential. Mm-hmm. So I would say I'm pretty basic. Nothing, nothing crazy. Pretty basic. So, so you just you stick with the dietitian. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah. And if people ask more, like, what do you do? What do you like to what do you like to do in your downtime? I, I'm, I'm very honest. I tell them. I love Netflix. I'm a crazy cat lady and I love everything about learning and sharing nutrition. So that's just who I am. (laughs) Yeah, no. And I love that. And I I think that that's one thing you portray well with your social media, with, with everything that you do, you're very yourself. And I think that that's, that's awesome. That's amazing. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. You bet. And so uh, I thought it was funny that you said that you're a crazy cat lady. I felt it only be fitting that uh, me and my girlfriend are, we live in an apartment together and we were thinking about getting a furry little feline. So we were, we were wanting to, to maybe get a cat. Do you have any, uh, advice or recommendations for us? Um, yes. So first off, adopt, don't shop. Mm-hmm. And you have to really take your time in the pet that you choose. I really believe that the cat that you're meant to have is going to choose you and there's going to be connection there. So when you're looking at the cats, like wait for something that just feels right. And for many times, like you can go in when you're you're in the adoption process and you can sit with them for mm-hmm. a period of time and you should feel that one-on-one connection. If you're looking for a cat that's more chill, then sit with it, have it like be chill with you. If you're looking for a cat that's really active, make sure that it'll play with you and it's going to climb all over you, stuff like that. So you'll find the connection, but I'm a true believer in don't just like get a cat, like wait for the right one. And if you can get two, get, get two. Yeah. Okay. All right. We will definitely keep that in mind. How many, (laughs) how many pets do you have right now? I have two cats right now. And I always thought like Bella's my baby and we have your cat's name. Your cat's name. It's Bella. Bella. I have Bella and Nora. My dog's name's Bella. Oh, no way. Yeah. 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 Sorry to cut you off, but I just oh, like, no, I was course. like, oh, that's perfect. Okay, so if you have a dog, perfect. They'll probably end up being best friends. I would slowly introduce them. Right. Um, but definitely having more than one animal is fabulous because I cannot explain to you. I always thought like how much joy I get out of having Bella. And when I adopted Nora and seeing them like best friends and playing with each other and loving on each other, oh my gosh, it's the sweetest thing. And it's, <laughs> I can literally just sit there and watch them all day. So yes, it's the best thing to have too. Right, right. And I, I think I saw in one of your posts that you're um, uh, you're excited to move into a place by yourself because you want to get more animals. Yes, I want to start um, uh, not adopting, um, fostering oh, okay. different animals. So I wanted to do a dog, but 
I figured that's a really bad idea with my current schedule. <laughs> Got it. Right. So I want to keep fostering some more kitties. And then what I really, really, really want to do is I don't know if you've seen like they, they can have like a catwalk where, where the cats can like run across like almost at the top of um, the ceiling. Oh. So that's what I want to put together is a little catwalk for them. Wow. That sounds incredible and sounds like i need one of those for humans do they is it like a is it like a bridge oh God, or is right? it like a shelf around the wall or yeah, something it's, a sh- it's a kind of like a shelf that goes across the wall wow that's that's amazing well clearly um yeah i i need to i need to look into that because that sounds pretty <laughs> that sounds pretty awesome it is kind of awesome yeah yeah that's great that's great well cool cool where uh where are you living right now where are you based out of houston texas okay have did you grow up there no, I grew up in Peachtree City, Georgia, and then I've been around, I feel like, around the world. I lived a year in um, undergrad at University of Central Florida in Orlando. I did um, my undergrad in Athens, University of Georgia. Then I lived a few summers in South Carolina, and then now I'm in Texas. Oh, wow. Okay. All right, cool. Well, I definitely want to get into this. Okay, so are your so do your parents currently live in Georgia right now? Is that where your family's based out of? No. They're my parents, just my parents, we grew up in Georgia, but then they moved to South Carolina when I when I graduated high school. Got it. Where in South Carolina? Charleston. Okay, cool. I was just at Myrtle Beach like 2 weeks ago, so nice. I was I was curious. It's very yeah. pretty. It's very humid and it's very busy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we go like almost every year. So, so yeah, it's definitely a common family trip, um, for us, for us, but cool. Uh, so then you're, uh, so you're in Georgia and then, uh, what about high school? Where'd you go to high school? Um, it was called Stars Mill High School. Yeah. Was so it, where, did, was it very big? It was a pretty big school. Yes. But what's different about me is I kind of hated high school. I got somewhat bullied in high school. So junior year of high school, I actually went to a college. Okay at the same time as doing high school. So I did college courses in high school and then I graduated high school early and I went to college in Atlanta um, while everybody else was still in high school. And then I transitioned to doing, um, then I transitioned to Orlando, Florida to do um, cheerleading and another year of undergrad. Oh, right. Okay. So did you, did you cheerlead in high school too? I did. Yes. That was my life. I did Lots of cheerleading, both all-star and uh, and school cheerleading. Oh, interesting. Okay, well, I graduated from the University of Kentucky, and I'm pretty sure oh, that nice. che- that cheerleading there is like pretty humongous. Oh, they are the best cheerleading team in the nation. Right. Hands down. Right. Yeah, we see, I see them like go around. My girlfriend actually used to live with like three of the cheerleaders and they're just, they're so like tiny. Um, but then like the, they're, they're, they're very little, but then the guys, they're like jacked. They're huge. Yeah, it's hysterical, honestly. Yeah, yeah. It's like you need that much size to throw up <laughs> that tiny girl. Like what? What? Right, right. No, I I respect it though. It's super cool that the stuff that they can do is just uh, it's it's insane. Um, it really is crazy. But cool. Did you? Uh, so in high school, were you super interested in nutrition, or where was your head kind of at around that time? No, actually, in high school, everything it was always focused on going into biomedical science. So. Even in my undergrad, my first year at UCF, it was still bio, biomedical science. And it took until um, my fall semester of my first year of undergrad saying, hey, I actually want to transition and be a dietitian. Um, that was just kind of like a light bolt Jesus moment that told me, 
told me that. And that was based on the fact that I had done research in regards to making the cheerleading team um, and learning what, how to fuel my body, how to gain muscle. And then my grandma got diagnosed with colon cancer and then diving into the literature and how I could help her with her treatment, going to prevention for myself and my family. And then I was just at awe with the power of nutrition in both fixing and healing and changing lives. So that was the eye-opening moment. And then from there, I went to University of Georgia, had to transition all my credits. It was a whirlwind. I lived out of a suitcase and apartment hopped for about four months, but it was well worth it. Right, right. Did you uh, did you have any jobs at this moment or did you, did you get supported by your parents or how did that kind of work? Like, how did you manage all of this? Thank God I did not have a job. I did um, a few like donation workout plants via social media, which actually was really helpful in paying for things I like to buy. Um, But I had a, I had a scholarship, so that was fabulous. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you're super smart. It just helps out. (laughs) Well, I don't know if you know about Georgia, but the good, that's why I transitioned and went to Georgia. I spent, I spent a lot of money in UCF my first year. Got it. Way too much money. Um, But Georgia has an awesome program to where if in high school you got like all the uh, 3.9 or 4.0 GPA, then you can get almost a full ride. So I had 99% of my tuition paid for. Mm. So that was fabulous. And that's all based on the lottery system. So I'm, I'm very, very thankful for that. And so I'm like, anybody who has kids like move to Georgia because college is basically paid for if they're smart. Right, right. Isn't that crazy? That's, that's so... Like, I just think, I always think it's so interesting how you have these certain moments that happen in your life. You have these like light bulb moments and then you have the, the, you know, the blessing of, of being smart and then getting the opportunity to go to the, these, uh, the school for, for basically free. Um, and then it allows you to pursue your passion. I just think that luck and, uh, I mean, obviously I know you've worked really, really hard, but I think luck is often, uh, not talked about enough in certain circumstances, you know, just like pure serendipity of things. Yeah, I'm very, very blessed. And I'm very thankful that, you know, I've had my parents who've supported me in this process. I know some people don't have parent support. And I know undergrad, like, for paying for apartments, my dad paid for them. I didn't have to worry about that. I didn't have to worry about books. Um, That $1,000 tuition I didn't personally pay for. Um, I paid for my master's, which was a good $30,000. $30, right. That was a hit, but I did not have to pay my undergrad. I'm very beyond thankful for that because I didn't have to get into debt. And a lot of people do these days. Right, right. And you know what? what's, I love, I love hearing that because I can tell, um, I can tell I, so I was the same way. I was very blessed. My parents have been overly supportive of everything I've ever done and they've helped me out financially in, in many different ways. Um, uh, but I feel like there's two different there's two different paths that people can take whenever they get this type of blessing from their parents to support. They can either be, uh, you know, ungrateful and they can be spoiled and they can just have everything feel like they give it like handed in life and they never really have to try for things. Mm-hmm. Or like for me, my whole mission in life is to basically repay my parents, you know, like it's to give back what they've given to me. You know, I wholeheartedly agree. Yes, it's all it's all a mindset and how you were raised. I was totally raised frugal and that's how I am nowadays. So I think it depends on both how you deal with money and how you were raised and your mindset with life. 
Right, right, right. And so, and and you were you were clearly thinking ahead. You so I did I did uh, some coaching programs and things like that in in college as well. Starting my sophomore year, I believe I just had some friends from from my school who asked me, "Hey, do you care to make me a workout plan or, or mm-hmm. something like that?" And that's kind of where it started. Um, so so yeah, you decided to. Is that how you you kind of got started in the coaching business? Was just making random plans for people to make my extra money? Yeah, I actually started in the coaches the coaching business coaching for free because I knew I wanted to coach. So that's how I started in the coaching business, but I knew I was competing and I knew I needed money to pay for those entry fees, the NPC card coaches. So I started selling what I call donation plans, very, very cheap, like $15. And people loved them. They would just, I sold a bunch of them. And then I was able to pay for my NPC. And then through the um, the coaching and doing free coaching, transitioning that to paid coaching, then I was able to afford for more things like supplements. And then I got a supplement sponsor. Didn't have to worry about that. So things just fell in line and I'm very thankful for that. Right, right. That and was again, all God. That wasn't me. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. And it, it again, it's like, it's a little bit of luck, but then also a little bit of hard work and you push yeah. that, to, you mesh that together. And then, you know, it's uh, a recipe for success or at least uh, the potential for success, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and I think that's really cool that, that you, you started doing those programs. And so when did you, so this was all from social media, right? Did you have a big following back then or no? Uh, not when I first started, but then it, it kind of like, it grew when I I, two, two reasons it grew. It grew when I landed a sponsorship for Ravish Sands, which is, was a swimsuit company. Mm-hmm. I'm no longer with them. I'm with a different brand now, but so it grew with that. And then I entered the bodybuilding.com spokesmodel competition. Ooh. And then it really, really grew with that. And then I joined their team. I'm no longer with them now. Um, don't really agree with what they're doing now, but that's a whole different story. Sure. Um, but those are the two things that really helped with the growth. Right, right. And this was all Instagram, right? Yes. Okay. Okay, cool. And then had you um, had you started a blog or anything else or was the main way that you were selling programs was basically through Instagram? It was only on Instagram. Mm, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. And then no so- No website. Right, right. What, well, what was, what was the next step? What was the next step for you after? So you started making a little bit of money Were you just uh, uh, kind of building on that. You were like, okay, maybe I can do this. Or, or what was your, what was your, what was your end game? Was it, okay, I'm just going to become a dietitian and work somewhere. Or were you like, oh, I can maybe do this as an online coach? Um, well, actually I wanted to be a dietitian. I didn't think that online coaching was something I was going to pursue. And so through my undergrad, I coached like on the side, but it wasn't something I was really focusing on growing because I thought I wanted to be a clinical dietitian. Oh, okay. But then when I got into my internship and then I realized how much dietitians actually get paid, what they work, how they're treated, then I realized, you know what? That's not for me. And I also realized clinical dietitians barely get any patient interaction. And that is my favorite part about being a dietitian is working one-on-one with people, seeing them form healthy habits, following them and being there for them in every step. And with being a clinical dietitian, you walk in, you get 15 minutes, maybe 15 minutes, and then you're gone and you don't see them again. Or if you see them again, it's with a different ailment. Like they came in one time for diabetes and the next time their liver is going crazy. So it's really sad, but I like the fact that I, as an online dietitian and quote unquote entrepreneur, I hate that word. Oh, we're on the same boat there. Don't worry. Yeah. I hate that word, but I'm able to pick and choose what I want to focus on. I can do medical nutrition therapy online. Oh yeah. So 
it's awesome because I get the best of both worlds. I get to fix thyroid, gut, diabetes, all this stuff. I'm not in a hospital basement Mm -hmm. and I'm getting paid my worth. Right, right. And most of the time, not even getting listened to by the doctors anyway. So it's like... Oh my God. Oh, the the doctors are the worst. I will never forget. <laughs> I had a conversation with a doctor that I got in trouble for about thyroid um, because he was like, oh, let's just, let's just check TSH and see if he's hypothyroid. And I was like, excuse me, can I ask a question? He's like, sure. I was like, why would you just check TSH? He's like, because that's the marker for thyroid to check and see if someone is hypothyroid. And I was like, but wouldn't that not give us the full picture? And he kind of just like glanced at me and was kind of like, we can discuss this another time. And I'm like, okay. Okay, you don't, you don't know anything about thyroid, but whatever. Sheesh. Interesting. Yeah, no, the, it's, I mean, obviously, you know, doctors are uh, extremely intelligent in, in many different ways. But uh, yeah, whenever it comes to nutrition and things, like they, they have their, especially their area of expertise, kind of their ego carry over into all things that they manage, you know? Yeah. And sadly, a lot of them are based on, and you know, it's not really their fault either. They're based on those conventional markers and the guidelines that they're given. And those guidelines aren't really updated. So it's sometimes it's like, oh, I want to blame the doctors. But at the same time, it's it's kind of like, you can't really just blame the doctors when they're just following what they they were taught in medical school. Right, right. I know it is. It, it's tough. And it's it's much more complex than oh, they're just not listening or this, this, and this. But but yeah, and, and of course, this this isn't a generalization to all doctors. There's some doctors that are willing to listen um, that give dietitians a little bit more respect. But yeah, it is uh, uh, often not given the respect due. Um, hey, there are some bad dietitians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. 100%. It goes with, it goes with every field, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, for sure. For sure. So did you ever, one thing, so for people that don't know, before you actually get your dietitian credential and you take the uh, exam to become a dietitian, She's talking about her internship where you do rotations at different areas. So that's kind of whenever you can get uh, like step your foot into different areas of nutrition and see what you really enjoy uh, doing. So you could do something like you could work in a hospital, you could work for a school system. Um, And one thing that I really loved was uh, doing diabetes counseling, was doing it one-on-one with people. So one-on-one consulting. Oh my gosh, I really, that would probably be like my number two thing because I got to have, well, it was me and the other dietitian, but it was us three in the room. um, And that one-on-one consulting was, was so... Uh, I enjoyed that more than anything else I did. Did you ever consider like a private practice or anything like that? Yeah. And that's something I really want to do potentially in the future. Oh, okay. Um, right now with my schedule, it just doesn't work out to do a lot of one-on-one meeting clients. I do, um, visual wise like zoom, mm. um, or Skype chats, but I don't do right now the private practice one-on-one. Um, and, but the diabetes, oh my gosh, it was one of my favorite things. I did a, my quote unquote community rotation was in diabetes. And then I did my four week staff relief taking over for diabetes. And I loved it. That one-on-one patient interaction. And then we got to teach classes and it was fabulous. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Me too. And I, yeah, I, I really enjoyed diving deep, uh, especially if you could stay there for multiple weeks and then you could have that person, that person return back after whatever, two to four weeks and you could talk to them again. And, uh, you just really got to develop a, a relationship with them. And I think that that's, it's, it's one we of the best parts of the job. Frequent flyers is what we called them. Frequent flyers. Okay. I yeah. like that. I like that. Um, I know that you've also, uh, I'm, I'm pretty positive, you, you've spoken at a couple conferences before as well. You've done a little public speaking? Yes, yes. I've done um, several ones at the Arnold, the Arnold Classic, which is a bodybuilding, not, um, a quote-unquote nat- national bodybuilding expo that's massive. So I've done 
I've put those seminars together because my really main goal was to help educate others and spread the science in the worlds of fitness and nutrition. And there's so much BS that's in this world. And so I really wanted to put together awesome speakers who knew what they were talking about and were able to, you know, tell about the science and dig deep and educate others. So I've put those together. <laughs> wow. And so you put those together at the Arnold. Cl so for everyone, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger's uh, expo. It's like the second, well, as far for people who know bodybuilding, it's the second biggest bodybuilding event in the world. So yeah, it's pretty, pretty big deal. So you put those together yourself. I put those together myself. It was a lot of work, you know, finding the venue, getting people to sign up for tickets, but I was able to, all the money that I've made from those, I've done it twice, have donated all the money to some charity, which has been amazing. Oh, that's super cool. That's interesting. I really, I really like that. I would like to, um, I enjoy speaking. It was one of the reasons why I made the podcast in the first place. I, well, one, I just like to have genuine conversations with with other people that I look up to in the field, especially. Uh, but but with the the expos and stuff and the public speaking, I just think it's uh, it's really cool. And especially at the Arnold, I've w I used to go there every year. I went like four years in a row, not for, uh, I just went for like the bodybuilding scene basically. And I thought I was like, Oh, there's a different level to this stuff, you know, but, but as you know, with the science field, there's another level to the, to the quote unquote smart people in the industry as well. So it's cool that it's cool that you, you, you put those events on. Do you enjoy, you enjoy it? Yeah. You should join us next year. I would love to. I like to do them yearly. <laughs> yeah. 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 For sure. I would love to. So is that something that you're wanting to, uh, uh expand Continue? upon? Yeah. 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 I want to expand. Yes. So this year we did it. It was a three hour kind of talk and we did not have enough time. Like we needed so much more time because people have questions and we didn't even get to handle the questions. So my goal is to make it a full day kind of conference and have, you know, give people lunch and have, you know, the before and the after session. Mm -hmm. We were able to uh, feed people dinner, which people loved. Icon meals sent us food, which was amazing, but we still did not have enough time. So that's my goal is making it a full day thing. Oh, that's cool. I like that a lot, actually. Uh, yeah, with with question, you could you could honestly just invite the speakers and just have one big Q and A, and it could easily probably take up three hours of your time. Oh, it uh, would. Yes. Right. Right. You know. And so, I but I think that's cool because you have people come there. Obviously, the people that come there and listen to you are gonna they're gonna be kind of in the know or whatever, and they're gonna have really good questions that could spark a lot of complex uh, thinking and conversations, you know? Oh my gosh. I was at awe with how much knowledge that the people that came in already had. So their questions were very in-depth, detailed questions. Right. So I was like, wow, these people know what they're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and whatever... Uh, uh, so I, I love, I'm, I'm like you, I'm obsessive about learning, learning new things. And especially with, with the body, it's just never ending. There's just never an end to, to learning more things. How do you, for the people listening, and I've, I've struggled thinking about this as well. How do you, how do they, especially whenever they don't know the literature as well, or, or as much about the science, how do they filter, um, you know, all the, all the noise that that's coming in from them, like through social media, through articles, through the news, how do they filter that through and actually find kind of the experts, you know? Yeah, that's a great question. So the first thing I like to say is look at who you're learning from and see if they're trying to sell you something. See if they are making big claims, like this is going to you're going to lose 10 pounds in X amount of days or whatever, and make sure that what they're saying is not like dogmatic and that they are not 
fully generalizing anything specific to what your answer quote unquote could be. Um, look at their credentials. You know, do they have a bachelor's, master's? What did, how did they learn the information that they learned? Did they learn it self-taught? Because sometimes that's okay, but if they don't fully understand research and haven't done a research course, they really don't know how to read the literature. So that's really very important to keep in mind because somebody might say, you know, research shows or studies show research says. Well, they might not even know actually how to read the research. It might be just reading abstracts, and that's a no-no. So do that and focus on looking at the websites that you're looking at and making sure that you're not just getting like an article that's like from NBC News Today or New York Times, because many times those articles are just written by journalists that will just pull and cherry pick data and plop it on to make it sound cool. So you, if you're gonna if you're gonna learn, I would say take a course on research methods. You can actually take them online nowadays, and also you know read books that actually teach you about general nutrition topics. That way, when you're looking at things, you're hearing things, you can easily kind of pinpoint what would be wrong or right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. I love those. I love those a lot. Another one uh, that, that I would add would be, um, it's kind of just a, a general, like how, how does that person treat other people? You know, what, oh, what are yes. their, what are their underlying intentions? Are they, are they pure in their intentions to, to help other people and to actually speak you know, get closer to the actual truth? Or like you said, are they trying to sell something? You know, uh, like, I, I think that that's, I think that that's a number one thing. And also what, what, how do they respond whenever other people, uh, you know, question like you did with the doctor, like you, you said, okay, well, doesn't that give us, doesn't that not give us the bigger picture? And then how they respond from that can actually give you a lot of insight to how they're really thinking. Yeah. Can they explain? Can they give data? Can they give references? Mm -hmm. That is huge. And I like what um, Cliff Wilson said once. He said, if people aren't able to easily under, easily explain something and then make it sound so, so detailed, that's kind of a red flag because they might not fully understand what's going on, be, being able to educate others on the big picture of it. And they might just be kind of just like typing in what they're reading from a book. So very, very important to remember. Right, right. And like you said, like the journalist kind of mentality, uh, it's kind of they're, they're searching for those kind of pithy answers. They, everybody wants to know yes or no, like black or white, like, should we do this? Should we do that? Um, but oftentimes it's not that simple, right? If somebody says it depends, that's probably a good answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because, Let's be real. Right, because the majority of the time, that's exactly that's exactly yeah. what it is. People right? might get mad, and I get that all the time. They're like, oh, like, what should I do for this? Um, what should I do in regards to this? Am I reversing? Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, oh, well, it depends. Yeah. And people get mad, and I'm like, I'm sorry. It does depend. Right, right. Do you, do you, do you get in a lot of arguments online with people by chance? No, I, I do not participate in drama. I do okay. not. I was curious. I was curious. It just, it can, it can, you have to not take the bait essentially. It's because people will, they, they will definitely, especially on social media, it's just so easy to be baited into uh, um, some type of type of arguments and things. And also you have to put yourself in check sometimes too. You're like, is this person actually giving me a, a good point? So how do you, how do you stay it's it's such a broad question, I feel like, and it's it's complex, but how do you stay open-minded? How do you stay uh, uh, open to new information? Because 
I know that science is always changing Mm. and one day I'm going to be wrong. So I want to be respectful. I want to be open and I don't know everything and things are going to change. And I need to, that's why I like to focus on always being open-minded and knowing that I need to listen to everybody's sides of the literature because also it's important to remember that the literature might not even be right and it might change. So there's things I don't agree with. So that's hard to get over. But I know that just because I don't agree with it does not mean it might not be good for somebody. Mm, Yeah, I see. What do you say? uh, And now I'm just kind of firing questions. Hashtag keto. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Right. It's identity based nutrition. Um, But uh, whenever a lot of people, you know, the common thing to say is, oh, there's you'll find you'll find a study for anything. You know, like the, the, if you if you search hard enough, you're going to be able to find a study that says this. You'll be able to find a study that says that. What do you what do you usually say back whenever people are like, oh, like the science doesn't matter? I do believe that just because there isn't science to back something up doesn't mean that it's not true. Mm-hmm. But we should use science as evidence based principles to follow. Right. Yeah. And I think I, I think another thing uh, is people that that say that. Sure, you can find studies that may say certain things, but you have to remember that the, the the literature that we look at, the studies that we look at are also interpretations from certain researchers. So you're gonna have you're gonna have people that that give these certain conclusions about things, uh, and their conclusions could be wrong. But you have to look at the entirety of the evidence uh, in order to to get an overall outlook of the of the entire body of literature. Yeah, and there's so many there's so many things that we have to keep in mind from statistical methods to whether it's an observational study versus a um, a a clinical based study with having people in the hospital focused on their intake um, and actually watching them day to day. Um, and then there's things like cherry picking that happens in the research and funding that happens in the research. So statistical methods matter and it's important to realize that we can't just guess there might be research, but it might be bad research. So, right. Right. Okay. So for the, for the everyday person, maybe the everyday, like fitness, uh, enthusiast, what would you recommend that would you recommend them to, to find certain people on social media, you know, like yourself, um, and, and to follow them and, and listen to what they say, or are there are certain blogs that you like to listen to, or, uh, that you like to read or podcasts that you like to listen to or books, or what are your recommendations? If someone says, Hey, how do I learn more about, uh, about nutrition? Yeah. So the first thing that you can do is just get a good nutrition textbook, like from the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics. Mm-hmm. Fabulous. Find well-supported research-based websites. So I love Stronger by Science. I love Eric Eric Trexler, um, Greg Knuckles, um, Eric Helms. Um, there's a bunch of others. What are other people that I really like? Um, John Meadows, mm-hmm. Cliff Wilson. Those would be the top ones on the top of my head. But find people that provide information, education, not trying to sell you on things, references, data to back it up, have the credentials to say what they are saying and that, you know, they're trustworthy. They're people that are doing it for the right reasons to help you, not them, not themselves. Right, right, right. I think another one, uh, is, I'm a big fan of Jeff Nippert. I love, uh, his, his YouTube channel is just, uh, I think it's amazing and it distills complex topics and, and different things and gives these amazing visuals, uh, uh, on the, on these, uh, complex topics on training and nutrition, both. Yeah, I think Jeff is great. 
I do get very wary of different YouTubers because I know that they make a substantial amount of money and I hate when they do clickbait. So mm, yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. I, I like this. I like this a lot. I think I, I'm I, honest. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 I agree. I like that a lot. And I, I would agree too with the clickbait. I, but uh, something that I've struggled with myself is the, um, you know, it's kind of with the, with the clickbait, it's like, okay, is the clickbait okay with the title if it gets people in the door and then the information that they're getting whenever they get into the door is thorough, it is researched, it is evidence-based, you know? So I I see that there's a little bit of a trade-off there. If the information is coming across of what it was told it was going to be, then Mm. yes. Yes, yeah. If they're answering the question they're meant, like if they're going after the topic that they say they're going to go after. Because sometimes it's clickbait and then you just get to it and there's not really like any answer. You're just like well then right right there's like two minutes of that actual title yeah right yeah yeah exactly well what would you what would you like to see more of on on social media what do you think that there needs to be uh uh more on on the social media sites oh it's a good question i would love a focus on individuality Mm -hmm. and less generalization and then i would really like people who are not qualified to give information to stop it Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. I feel like it's simple. And uh, uh, I feel like a lot of people would would agree with that as well. Um, well, cool, cool. Well, what do you uh, what do you have in the works right now? Are you working on anything uh, uh, big, any major projects or, or anything like that? Like what comes next for you? I have a lot of things in the works. Um, I am very much doing too many things right now. Um, But I have something very exciting regarding gut and thyroid health in the works. So that'll be up and coming in the fall. Um, I'm doing a workout challenge that'll start August. Um, Nothing too crazy just to help, you know, excite people and get them transitioning post vacation. Because I know everybody does all these challenges in the summer to get their some quote unquote summer body, but then, you know, they kind of fall off the wagon when the fall comes. So I'm going to throw that in there, help some people out. Um, and then I'm also going to be, Oh, I'm kind of stressed about it now. Um, (laughs) starting up a rental property with my dad. So, Oh, okay. Interesting. That's cool. What is your, what does your dad do? If you don't mind me asking. Oh yeah. So he sells kind of like healthcare services, um, for, uh, I think the company's name is like Crothel, but, we want to kind of like make an investment property and put my mom in there to make her do something and keep her busy. Cause let's be real. She's like frolicking around the world all the time. So we're going to make her busy and we're going to make her the manager of some investment property. Oh, that's amazing. So you're, you're full-time adulting basically. Yeah, basically. How old are you by the way? Uh, dang it. 24. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. It's, it, you're still, you're still super young. I, I'm, I'm tw- getting that. I'm getting to that age. How old are you? I'm 25. Okay. Yeah. So you might understand I'm when you get to the point where you kind of just like forget and don't even care to look at the number. It's just like, whatever. <laughs> right. Right. It does not matter right now. I'm somewhere in the twenties, you know? Yes, exactly. That's cool though. I think with the, uh, there's, there's so much that's thrown on to people at this age. It can just all be overwhelming with career, with friends, with figuring out when you live, want to live, like, you know, whatever spouse, like all kinds of stuff, just, just constantly being thrown at you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it is, it's, it's, it's a lot. It's definitely a lot, but, um, but cool. I think that this has been, this has been super productive. I, I, I really enjoy you coming on. I think we got to touch on 
a lot of topics that uh, honestly I don't I don't touch on too much here. Like it's I don't get dietitians on here every day, so I like having dietitians on to talk about the more nitty gritty of the research type stuff. And so so yeah, I I appreciate you coming on, and I appreciate also um, uh, uh, your commitment to to science and, and also your um, uh, willingness to share. Uh, that knowledge w- with others, and and clearly you're 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 doing an amazing job uh, with your social media, with your podcast, and everything like that. So yeah, I just wanted to say thanks for coming on, and I I, I really appreciate what you're doing. Oh, well, thank you so much. I'm very honored to come on. It really is my goal to help spread the science, to help um, debunk the myths in this world, and really help people form sustainable lifestyle habits. Because I'm really sick of seeing people go to quick results with quick rebounds, not focusing on their overall health. And I just want people to be able to thrive, not just survive. Mm -hmm. So that's my goal. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And I know um, we're kind of pressed for time here. So this had to be cut a little bit short. But I, I, like I said, I really enjoyed it. And I'll have to have you back on and we can, uh, uh, we can, we can go more in depth. It could be about cats. It could be about nutrition, you know, who knows? Oh gosh, I could talk for days on all of them. So <laughs> <laughs> amazing, amazing. Okay, so where uh, where can people find out more about you? So you can find me on social media at Faith and Fit or my business page, which is Uplift Fit Nutrition. I have a podcast, Uplift Fit Nutrition, which you can find on Spotify and SoundCloud. And then my website is upliftfit.org. And that has my blog as well, which includes things like nutrition, recipes, and then faith based now too. Amazing. Amazing. Awesome. Everybody, please uh, go check her out. Send her a DM. uh, Look through her stuff. Ask her questions. Um, And yeah, Lacey, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you.